I want to talk about the state of the church, kind of, the state of the United States, really the state of the world, and look at it, you know, we know that things are going to get worse as the end comes, but does that mean that every country has to be overrun with evil, that everything has to go wrong and everything has to go bad? Uh, do we live not as overcomers? Uh, you know, does everything change? What if we're wrong and we're really not right at the end of time, but we've got 40 or 50 years? And we go, oh, well, you know, it's, it's a month away, and we just kind of let down our guard. That, you know, who are we to do that? We should look and see what Scripture says about some different things. And, you know, we, we see the United States a certain way. We see the church conducting itself a certain way. What does God have to say? And what do we need to do? And what can we do? I guess is the big question. What can we do that's real? What, what Can we have significance? Can we have impact? Can we change things? And so I want to read here in Ephesians 6, but I'm going to kind of jump through it. Most of us who've read the Bible a little bit know this section of Scripture. It can be commonly used, but I just want to jump through a couple of things to emphasize a certain point uh, so we can move forward. But Ephesians 6.12, it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. In other words, our battle is not natural, it's not in the physical realm. Really, our battles are not. We need to know that in areas, financial things. Some people think that's natural. It's more than natural. Healing is more than natural. Deliverance uh, from drugs and addictions and oppression is more than natural. And you have to know, right here, he said, for we do not wrestle with flesh and blood. He's basically saying, our battles are not natural. They're not going to be accomplished solely in the natural. And then he goes on to say, but here's where we do wrestle against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts in wickedness, or uh, spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. So he said there are unseen forces that are out there that are arrayed against us. Should we be afraid? Should we be bothered? No. But we do need to know that they are there and that there are unseen things at work. We would be ill-advised to just look away from these things and think everything is just happening, That's it's just natural. It's not. And notice verse 13, he said, Therefore, take up, because you're not wrestling and fighting naturally and your battle is just not natural, he said, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand overcome them in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Now skip down to verse 18. He talks about doing these things. But notice he talks about being able to stand against any attack and not be overcome and winning. And then he goes on to talk about putting on a bunch of defensive pieces, helmet of salvation, you know, breastplate of righteousness. Then he talks about a shield of faith, but then he talks about weaponry, the sword of the Spirit, and then he uses this as the very last thing after everything's set in place. Verse 18, praying always. Prayer is a weapon or a force or a way to have God, the angels of heaven, the host of heaven, to be dispatched, heavenly powers released, and we are told that we're in the battle, but it's a spiritual battle, and so we have spiritual armor, 
And we need to understand we need those things set in place, and our fight is not just in the natural. With this country, it's not in the natural. With this church, it's not in the natural. With your life, it's not in the natural. You out there? It's more than that. And because he said we're wrestling against things, but they're unseen things. When we're trying to help people, reasoning is not always going to help them. You can't out-reason a demon in someone's life or that's trying to influence them. You can't out-picket them. You can't out-protest them. If we rely on natural means in a spiritual battle, we are going to get in trouble and we will lose. But we don't have to, and that's what he's saying. In other words, when I say lose, maybe not me personally, but stuff out here can get all messed up, and it doesn't have to. You with me? And we need to know this, and that's why I said this may last a couple of weeks maybe two or three weeks, because there are some other scriptures that we're not even going to touch on today that are quite interesting. And so here he said, praying always with all prayer, which means all manner of prayer, and supplication, which is humble request, in the Spirit, talking to God, being watchful to this end. Now, when he talks about being watchful here, if you read through the Old Testament, he talked about watchmen. People who would watch from the walls to see if enemies were coming and going. And he said, be watchful. And he, what's he talking about? Just in the natural, but spiritually he's talking about, be watchful. We know that from 1 Peter because our adversary, as a roaring lion, seeks whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith. We need to be alert and vigilant and watchful. In what way should we be watchful? In prayer. In prayer. I said we need to be watchful in prayer. We need to make sure we're petitioning and talking to God in prayer. He tells us how to get equipped in the earth so we can prevail in prayer with Him and talk with Him in prayer. But then the enemies that will try to get you to cave in in prayer. You with me? And give up. And stop. But he tells us how we can stand, withstand, and win. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance. He's saying stay with it and supplication for all the saints. So we are commanded to pray and we are commanded to talk to the Lord because it's not natural that we're dealing with everything here in the earth. It's not all natural. You know, people talk about being all, he's all natural. You know, no steroids. It's not all natural. We need to really get that in our hearts that what we're, what we're working on in life is more than natural. Your job is more than natural. You, you, your witnessing, your activity in God is more than natural. Anything you do in this church is more than natural. Anything we do as a church is more than natural. And it's not going to be just one and fixed, just naturally. You with me? No matter what it is in life, we need to be uh, back-minded, I guess you would say. You know, we need to be behind the, behind the scenes or behind the platform. You know, when people put on big shows, you know, and stuff like that, and theater and things like that, there's all kinds of things that are happening behind the scenes to make it come off flawlessly and work. There's people that are influencing and doing stuff behind the scenes that are trying to make this thing go off. So when you watch the performance, you just think, wow, you, 
You're not thinking about everybody behind the scenes. You're not thinking about all the props. You're not thinking about everything that's happening. What they're trying to do is make it look flawless. So all you see is the performers out in front and you think it's just them. You don't leave the theater thinking, wow, I wonder how many people it took to run out there as that curtain went down and that actor came over here and sang, did it take 30 guys? No, they try to draw your attention so it just looks all seamless and all natural. And so what's occurring out front? just looks like that's all of it. But there is something happening behind the scenes. Something before it even occurs. People are learning their lines before they're publicly displayed. They're being trained somehow to give inflection and act like this. It happens way behind the scenes. They learn it at home. They learn it in their car. They are influenced by a script that we have not seen so that when they come into public, if you, at that time of the performance, all of a sudden we go, that is incredible. Look at what's happening. And I wonder if we're seeing things like that in society and we're thinking, whoa, look what's happening. But the script was written long ago and it's been being read in private and now people are bringing it into public and we don't realize maybe that there is an unseen force that has been behind the scenes that has been left to do what it will do and the church maybe hasn't done what it should do because we have rights and we have privileges. But if we only hear about them and do nothing with them, then it won't bring the change that God so desires. Many things happen in this world because we don't do anything or have done little. Hallelujah. Let's read two verses. You can keep your finger there in Ephesians, but go to 1 John 5 because we'll go back to here, go, come back here real quick. Ephesians, we'll actually be reading in Ephesians 2, but 1 John 5. So there is a battle. And we need to understand that there is a battle, and it is a battle that we can win, we can make headway, and we can bring about change. You with me? I said we can bring about change. 1 John 5, 19. Notice this verse. It says, we know that we are of God. That's important. You need to know you are of God. When you get saved, you're of God. You need to know that. If you're not saved, you're not of God. But when you give your life to the Lord, you are of God. That is a term that he used earlier in 1 John 4, 4 when he said, you are of God. I like to say it like this, a toothpick is of a tree. It has all the substance. It is not the tree, but it's of the tree. We've been born of God when we receive Jesus. And 1 John 4, 4 says, You are of God and have overcome the wicked one because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So our approach in this battle is not, we're not trying to overcome and, oh my goodness, we don't know if we can just make it. No, we have authority. We, we talk to God and things can work. So he said here, he said, we know, we know that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. He's not talking about Christians there. He's talking about the lost world lies under the sway of the wicked one. And I've said this before because it's helpful when we talk about the sway of the wicked one, you know, it really looks like a picture of a tree that sways in the wind. You don't see what's influencing the tree. You know, we, we'll even, we'll say we do. We say, did you guys see the wind last night? No. But how quick we go, yeah, I did. But really, all we're saying is we saw the effects of the wind. We saw the result of the wind, and the world lies under the sway of the wicked one. Turn with me back to Ephesians 2. And if the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one, we need to recognize we 
are not under his sway. We are not under his rule. We don't have to be. Ephesians 4 says, don't give place to the enemy. It says, neither give him a place. So he can't just take a place in your life. Why not? Because you have authority over him. You have to give it to him. You have to give it to him. You can give it to him through knowledge or you can give it to him through ignorance, but you or I have to give it to him. That's why we're careful not to get in bitterness, because you don't want to give a place. That's why we're careful to, you know, live and obey God, because we don't want to give him a place, because the only one who can give back or take back the place is you. But we have rights. Notice this in Ephesians. I'm going to read verse 1, 2, and 3, and then skip to verse 6, I believe. Maybe I'll read all the way through. And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. This is how we once were, but this is how we are now. We're alive. And in which, in which, In other words, when we were dead in trespasses, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Understand this, he's distinguishing two groups of people. One who is influenced by the enemy. The lost world is influenced by the enemy. We need to know that. Because if we think our battle with them is natural and we're just going to be so sharp in our talking, and we're just going to say the right words, and we're going to woo them in, and we're going to change them that way, we are not realizing that they're not driven just by reason. There are unseen forces at work that we actually have authority over. And so he said, they work in them. He said, among whom, verse 3, Also, we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of the flesh, of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as these other people are. We were like them, we're not like them. Why do they live like they do? Because they're dead in their trespasses and sins, and they're under a different influence. Notice verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up, raised us up together with Christ, is who he's talking about, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. What what does that mean that... The world lives under this way, but we've been raised up together with Christ. Where is Christ? He's seated at the right hand of God. That is a term we would not use today very much. Back then, that means being exalted to the ultimate place of power and authority and dominion. He is raised up to the highest place. He sits at the right hand of the throne of God. He has all authority and dominion. Then he raised us up to be able to use that authority, use his name, use his word when we pray, use it like a spiritual weapon, like a sword, and we can pray. But who are we to pray for? I know who a lot of people talk about. Maybe we would do less talking about if we did more praying for. If we know the government has a bunch of lost people in it, should we get mad at them for what they do? It's their nature to do what they do. But we've got authority. 
It was not uncommon in the Old Testament for countries to change or the nation of Israel when they got in a total backslidden state and were all goofed up for some people to rise up and start praying and then it would push back the spiritual darkness and the whole climate would change again to the point where they would start overthrowing the false gods. We, we might get upset about fortune tellers and mind readers and every kind of religious group coming into the United States. We say, we're a Christian nation. We rise up and fight with our words like that. No, that is not how we're going to prevail. They'll just keep flooding in. We need to use spiritual authority when we pray. And we have dominion. What was it? Angola just the other day announced. And the world, they're all... It's amazing how the world's rising up again. I think it's Angola, one of those countries, I believe it starts with an A, they just announced they're going to, uh, uh, Islam is illegal in the country and all other religions other than Christianity. But here's the thing, the political outsiders, they interviewed some Muslims, this is not right because of international law. Let me just make a statement, who cares about international law? We're a sovereign country. We're not under, that's why we got independence, not to be under the rule. And those thoughts just seep into people. There's international rule. There's inter Who says they can govern us by their religious beliefs and that, that because other countries don't allow guns, we shouldn't have guns or, or you know, we should allow all religions. That was not the purpose of our founding fathers. It was to have one religion and freedom in that to serve God and serve Jesus. You out there? But are we going to win any battle against these forces by picketing and reasoning with them? No. Are we going to change the atmosphere of our job and the place where we work, our home, just by telling our kids, you stop it. I told you, stop that. I don't want anybody. You're going to have to pray because heaven is waiting to do something. Heaven is. You are not going to win by arguing with everybody. Now, if you're a boss, you're going to have to say, hey, this is the, these are the rules, these are these things. But you're not going, you understand that. Well, I've been praying. Tell them to go home if they can't come on time. You'll find out they suddenly have the power. I'm not talking about that side, but I'm talking about a real spiritual change and influence from heaven occurring. If the world is under the sway of darkness, then that darkness has to be turned. The big thing is, is the devil's already been stripped and defeated concerning us, and we have rights and privileges. Are we taking them? Are we taking our place seated in heavenly places? Are we doing that? It's an interesting thing. Turn to Psalm 20. Psalm 20. This is, I think I'm going to read the whole thing. No, go to Ezekiel. We'll turn there in a minute, maybe. You're already there in the Old Testament. This should be easy for you to just jump right on over there. We'll read a couple of verses in Ezekiel. <clears throat> Ezekiel 22. I don't want to tell people because if I tell people, the fast ones get there and then they read like 29 verses, you know, and then they're like, they don't hear what you say. So Ezekiel 22, then I'll tell you when you get there where. And uh, Ezekiel 22, because we need to understand this is nothing new. Didn't Ecclesiastes make some stuff, some interesting statements? One of them is there's nothing new under the sun. We're not, listen, this country is not even as bad as Sodom and Gomorrah. Not the Bible version, where they would take and lay beds out on the street in a certain area, and if men would come through, they'd take and force them to lie with them. And it's interesting, there was a man who began to intercede for them, and he could have probably gone further and maybe even changed things, but he stopped at a certain place and then got deliverance for those who had not submitted. 
but God was moving with him. If there's this many, if there's this many, if there's this many, if there's this many. So let me ask one more time. Let me ask one more time. And then he stopped asking. Was there battle? They should have, what they should have done is picketed. They should have signed a law. That ain't going to change it. Notice this in Ezekiel 22, verse 20, 29. We'll start here. And we're talking about the influence of God in our nation and really behind the scenes. Behind the scenes will change the scene. Remember, the spiritual forces of darkness are at work because Adam gave way to them even though they've been stripped of their power and they don't have a right over us as believers, people can still submit to stupid things. Nobody said amen to that. <laughs> Peter did. He tried to steer Jesus away from his divine purpose. Jesus perceived. He didn't say, you're an idiot, Peter. What's your problem? But Peter lashed out in the natural Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. He was talking to the spirit behind Peter that Peter spoke up and said, not so, Lord, we're not going to let you do this. He said, you savor not the things of God. That's how the King James, he said, you're not mindful of what's happening and what God is trying to do here. And he was about to steer him away from his divine destiny. And he said, get behind me. There are unseen forces out there. You out there? Discouragement. Is wicked. It's part of the sway of darkness. Discouragement. Taking courage away from people. What did God say to the group that didn't make it in, to the next group that was supposed to go into the promised land, and they did? First thing he said, he said, be of a good courage. Be courageous. Don't be discouraged. You with me? God doesn't want you discouraged. He wants you encouraged. He wants you to know you can win. He wants you to know you can prevail because he already prevailed and you can walk in that victory. But he doesn't just want it to be about you or just me or about a few of us. He wants it to be about the whole church. He wants it to be about this country. He wants it to be about this state. We can alter some things, maybe not everything, but some things we surely can. But we won't unless we go to work. And so verse 29, it says this, The people of the land have used oppressions, committed robbery, and mistreated the poor and needy, and they wrongfully oppressed the stranger. God said he saw this happening. How many of you know this happens in our country, and you could probably just add a couple more things? So what did God say? Arrest all of them immediately. Throw them into prison. Kick them out. N no, he said, look what he said in the very next verse. So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me. Notice, on behalf of the land, that I should not destroy it, but I, I found no one. No nobody would pray. I was looking. How many times have we heard this trumpet trumpeted again and again? This country is going to go off the cliff. We're, and we will if there isn't a change. And so then people just proclaim, you watch when it goes down. We don't want to watch it go down. Because if the whole bus goes off and we're in the bus, we might be on the back seat, but we're still in the bus. Can we still win and walk in victory and stuff? Yeah, but it'll be a whole different climate. So can we change things? If God sought it back then, 
You don't think he would be interested in this country now, especially with the gospel influence and all the seeds we've sown, that he doesn't care? No, he very much does. Turn with me to Psalms. Remember we were going to go there? Psalm 20. Psalm 20. And we'll lay some groundwork today that I believe will help us as we move forward. And I expect this will stir us inside to rise up and take our place as one of a group of believers who prays and prays for our country and prays for our leaders. We need to pray for our state. You know how many people love our sheriff even though so many people hate him? Is he mean to people and torturing them? No. But he knows they're prisoners and he just lays it down black and white. Why are people opposed to him? It's because the world is under the sway of the wicked one. The world should not be thinking that way, but their minds are fogged and befogged by these winds that are blowing in the unseen realm. You out there? You know, if you've ever driven to Southern California and not just to Palm Springs but through and you go on the 10 instead of down to San Diego through the 8, you'll see that there are uh, these big windmills things. Just They farm electricity. Where the wind blows, they put those up and it just draws electricity because there is a force traveling through there. And we need to understand this. We can stop that force from blowing. If the wind is not blowing, there's no electricity being produced. Or if the wind is diverted. And we know just by looking at nature itself, wind and weather patterns can be diverted. We talk about high and low pressure systems being built. And they'll say it's going to get real hot because a high pressure system is built up over the area. When that high pressure system weakens and it will dissipate, then the cool air will come and it will drop the temperatures. These are all things we didn't know. All of a sudden, you know, before all of this, it's going to be hot. It's hot. Now they have enough sense and, and things that can sense things happening and they recognize their unseen reasons why these happen. I'm not saying all of science is right. That's for sure. I'm still, if I have an aerosol deodorant, I'll keep using it. Amen? Uh, that just, that's, I'm not listening to anything else you say. Well, you keep using your roll-on or whatever. We're not, one can or a bunch of cans are not going to destroy this whole thing. The Lord will come back before then. I'm not saying be dumb, you know, and just go dump your trash in the gutter and let it wash into the ocean because it will get dirty. You with me? Psalms before I get in trouble, 20, verse 1. To the chief musician, a psalm of David. Notice how it starts. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. How's things going in our country? How about our state? Why is our state becoming, has progressed a little liberal, but it's still conservative? There are unseen things. We have authority. We can pray. We can turn back things. It ain't going to happen by you arguing. Don't go stand at the corner and pick it. If you do, put someone else's church's name on it. <laughs> yeah, Pastor Dave, no, you aren't going to turn it that way. Here's something interesting. Back when I was in Bible school in 87, I went, 88 and 89 year, uh, the founder of the Bible school in prayer school in different times would regularly say, we need to pray. It's been on my heart to pray for the communist area of Europe, you know, the Soviet Union, that, that the communism is turned back and that the walls open and the gospel comes in. We prayed that way for... The latter part of 87, I was there, 88, and in 89, we pr were praying, and the, the Berlin Wall fell. 
I left Bible school, but I knew going back that they kept praying. And in 91, the Soviet Union fell and the gospel has spread. Those were not natural forces holding that thing. Don't think we just, it's the Democrats. You are fighting, you're looking, you're not even, you're, 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 not, you're looking at the front. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of God and the God of Jacob defend you. God will work for you. He'll answer you. He'll answer me, but not just me, but you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and strength, strengthen you out of Zion. He's going to send his angels to help. He'll strengthen you to do this and to stand. Notice this. May he remember all your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifices, say law, which I guess means think about it. May he grant you according to your heart's desire. Is your heart's desire for everything to go bad and get worse? No, we want to see our loved ones walk with God. We want to see the world saved. We want to see people transformed. We want to see people walk in their deliverance, walk in what God has for them. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. We will rejoice in your salvation. And in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. Those were victorious banners, by the way. Notice this. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. This is written. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. He'll release his power it will work. Notice verse 7. Some trust in chariots, some in horses. What's he saying? Some people trust in the government. They trust in, you know, natural means. They trust after these things and their strength. But notice he said, but we. That's not how we do it. Some people are depending on the government for money, for a handout. They're doing this stuff because it is wrong. But we will remember the name of the Lord, our God. They have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stand upright. Save, Lord, or deliver, Lord. May the king answer us when we call. He didn't answer the others because he couldn't find anybody. Here he said he'll answer if we call. I think we need to remember reasoning, isn't it? Natural means, isn't it? God wants us to pray because he wants to work and change things. Inactivity is in prayer is dangerous. I'm too busy. I said it's dangerous. Inactivity in prayer can be costly. Notice this in line with what we just read. This is a familiar verse probably to some people. Second Chronicles 16. Second Chronicles 16. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, some in the government. Some trust, you know, various things. But he said, that's not where our trust needs to be. But the issue is we need to pray. We need to pray for our government. We need to pray for people in authority. We need to pray for this church. We need to pray that God would do things in the unseen realm. The enemy is, we have rights and privileges. Could we be getting upset about the wrong thing? These Democrats are burying the whole thing. 
So how well have we done praying? Well, these liberal Republicans. Well, these independents. No, no. They never did that when God sought for somebody or when they repented in the Old Testament. They didn't complain because we're not trusting them. Notice this, verse 7 of the 16th chapter. And at that time, Hananiah, Hananiah, the seer, came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, Because you have relied on the king of Assyria and have not relied on the Lord, your God, therefore the army of the king of Syria has escaped from your hand. What had happened was, if you read before, he would trust and they would see great victories. They would pray and they would seek God and see great victories and things would be changed. And then at this point, they quit praying and trusting God and started trusting in the strength of man and the ability of man to make things happen. And he said, this guy escaped, verse 8, worthy, and then now God kind of goes back and gives a review how he had delivered in the past when they had had prayed and trusted. He said, were the Ethiopians and the Lubin not a huge army with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. He said, I won you greater battles when you trusted me. Now you're not praying nor trusting, and this smaller things are starting. This other guy should have been captured, should have been taken care of, and now this other enemy is taken over. Notice this. He said he delivered him into your hands. Verse 9 is so interesting. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro, or to and fro, or back and forth throughout the whole earth. That would include the United States of America. That would include our bedrooms, our cars. To show himself strong on the behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. What was he saying? The one who prays, the one who trusts, the one who asks, the one who calls. We cannot petition Christianity into the United States because it's not natural. That's why the other ones will flow in with that sway of darkness. You with me? That's why they will. They all will flow in. Everything will flow in. That's why you see such an opposition to Christianity because it is a spirit, it's a spiritual nature battle. Anything but that. And notice this, because their hearts were loyal. He said, those whose hearts are loyal, he'll do this for. He said, though, notice this, he said, those whose heart is loyal to him. In other words, trust and pray. In this, you've done foolishly. What? He's going back to being foolish and not praying and talking anymore to the Lord about the climate of the government, the climate of the land. All these things. He said, therefore, from now on, you shall have wars. Did that mean they had to keep having wars? No, but as long as they only relied on their own self, it was not going to help the spiritual climate. It was not going to have God work. If they were just going to rely on natural things, it was just going to allow for junk to occur. It was just going to allow for these things to parade themselves and take root and have their way. Let's close right here in 1 Timothy. There is so much to be said. There are some incredibly awesome verses about what we can do and what it will do not just in the government, but what it can do in the spiritual. Because understand this. This is bigger than just the government. It's about the climate 
of the United States spiritually. You with me? It's more than just the government. What happened when Russia fell? They're one of the few people that are standing up saying, that's a sin. Are you kidding me? They are. But their climate has changed from an atheist nation to a God, bunch of God-fearing people. Not that they all are, but they're in there praying. There are some big works over there. There are a lot of people who are born again who were not. You with me? We got to be spiritual. I don't know if that's proper English, but we got to be. And we need to pray. And we need to talk to the Lord. And we need to know that our prayers work and we can turn things back. 1 Timothy 2. This is a real interesting verse, and like I said, we'll close with this. Uh, we'll begin reading in verse 1. We'll read four verses here, and then we'll pick up here next week or somewhere in this area, because there is much to be said. Therefore, I exhort, first of all, that supplications, that's just a humble request, prayers, different types, interceptions, intercessions, What's an intercessor? One who intercedes is one who stands in the gap. It's just one type of prayer. He said, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, for all who are in authority or have, have a prominent position, Man, we, we don't want to be in the shoes of the people that were in the communist countries that were praying to get the wall to fall. I remember hearing about Romania, that there were people who had gotten some books about of the authority of the believer and God's given them authority, and they prayed in there when it was communist. And then the communism fell. There were others outside praying. We don't want that. Let me say that again. We don't want that. We can stop and change things. You yourself can do this. And you have a vital part in this. Flat out, you do. God looked for somebody. Somebody said, God's so strong. Why? Well, I shouldn't give me as an example holding my arms up. But somebody else, you know, God's so strong. Why doesn't he? He is strong. He's just waiting to be dispatched. He just doesn't invade. He gave the world to us. He gave us dominion, and so he just doesn't invade. That's why he let man do what he did at the beginning. So he doesn't just invade. So he looks for a man or a woman so he can show his strength. Are you kidding me? God wants to show His strength through you and through me, through this place, in this country, in this land, in this city, in your neighborhood, everywhere. And He's strong and He's just looking for someone who's loyal. What was He saying about a heart loyal? It just meant you'll trust Him instead of just trusting natural means. You out there? Ah. There's much you can say, but not a lot maybe you should say. We will not trust natural means because natural means will not demonstrate the strength of God. Faith and trust in God allows for His strength to move. You are the one He's looking for. I wonder if he taps us and says, will you pray? I'm too busy. I'm just, you know, my show's on. You know, and after a while, everybody's show is on, and he's like, I got nobody. Let it not be told of me. The priests sinned in the Old Testament, it said, because they did not pray. 
their sin was not cussing, it was not praying. I pray every day on the way to work. Lord, bless everybody. I love everybody so much. Bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I want to be blessed too, so bless me a bunch. Hallelujah. You know, I prayed on the way to church. I prayed on the way to work. No, I'm talking about talking to God and saying, God, this stuff's wrong. You're stronger. You said you'd work. You said you'd turn this stuff back. You said you've given your angels charge over us. They're sent to do work for us. They are unseen forces too. Put them to work. I ask in Jesus' name that morality comes back, that things change, that they get wisdom, that they're not blinded and darkened by the wicked one. You with me? You have a right to do that. Notice this. Intercessions, giving of thanks, verse 2, for kings, for all who are in authority, that we might live a quiet and peaceable life. It's interesting, if you look up the words quiet and peaceable, it's actually almost identical words in the Greek. It really, one word translates quietness, and the other word is quietness. And one word is really tranquil, and the other is tranquil or tranquility. Well, if we've got upheaval and we're trying to be Christians and it's not tranquil, think about this. Yeah, how far will we go? We'll touch maybe on this next week. The early disciples were commanded to go to all the world. They never did. Took them 10 years to obey what Jesus told them. But what's interesting, before they obeyed, it got so bad, got so tumultuous and so messed up that it, they got persecuted so hard, they got, they got pushed out into other areas, and they, wherever they went, then they finally told. But they hadn't been doing it before then. Once they started doing what they were already commanded to do, and then right then the conversion of Paul, Peter going to Cornelius' house, it, it talked about how great rest came to the church. tranquility. The interesting thing about these words is one is an outward more so. The second one is an inward tranquility. God wants, to, wants the world to have some quietness and peace, and he wants you inwardly. But he's talking about praying for the world. Notice verse 3, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God. Where it says good and acceptable, remember he said, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will. Notice he doesn't add the word perfect there. You know why it's not perfect? Because his perfect will is when he rules and reigns and there is no enemy. Not a man in government. His perfect will for Israel was to be governed by God. And they said, we don't want it. We want what everybody else has. But his ultimate great thing will be during the millennium when he rules and reigns. That's perfect. That's not acceptable and good. That is perfect. But we can make things happen now. And notice he said, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God. Our Savior who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. What's the ultimate goal? The work of God. The work of God being dispensed and dispatched. If people see and are able to see clear, then they can make a choice without it being befogged of, of the Lord. You understand what I mean by that? Meaning if they're all blinded like the Bible said in 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, then they're not going to see the Lord like they ought to, but we have authority to back that up so they can see clear, so they can receive. Many things happen because of inactivity, but we are not going to be inactive anymore. <laughs>